Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. I'm your host, Priscilla Stone. Thank you so much for anybody new listening, whether you're listening on YouTube or that UFO podcast website. I want to thank you for coming. Uh, your support is very, very appreciated. Tonight, we have a disclosure activist, and I call him like an information addict because this guy's always spewing out facts on his uh, TikToks and his short videos on on YouTube, or sorry, not YouTube, on Instagram. So this is Dan Warren, if you don't know him already. And he's all about spreading truth from what I can see. I barely found out about Dan probably like a month ago when I was like, where has this guy been? Because the videos are so like short, but they are like to the point. And for our brains nowadays, we kind of need like those like quick doses of truth and information. So we have a couple people. <laughs> on in the chat popping in. All right, Dan. So I have to know, and I'm sure other people want to know how on earth did you get into this topic and how on earth did you start making these awesome bite-sized videos? Well, I, I always tell people that I got started uh, thinking about artificial intelligence and potentially um, extraterrestrial entities by watching the transformers when I was a kid, because that's nice. exactly what those guys were. They were, uh, uh mechanical objects that has that were sentient beings as well so i like to think that's where the the seed was planted but uh it's it's been one of those things that most like most people that are in this community you've kind of dabbled in it throughout your life mm -hmm. uh the x-files hooked us uh, a lot of us i'm sure uh there's different things that have drawn us into this and uh there's different things about this topic that have also pushed us away so there's there's been a constant back and forth type of yo-yo effect uh, throughout the course of my life with interest in this. And I'll tell you right now, the stigma is also something that's been prevalent throughout that entire duration of time, Absolutely. like being ashamed to say that you're interested in this topic even, or oh, yeah. that you, th that you know facts about this topic <laughs> is, uh, was hard to do until uh, it's a lot easier to do now, but it's still awkward to bring it up in some situations, but man, that right. stigma <laughs> is, is this powerful tool to, for them to use. But um, I mean, I, I've, I've been getting into the discussion uh, mainly uh, mainly because of Lou Elizondo is what it boils down to, because he was on a podcast with, uh, well, I guess I always just put a disclaimer out there first that I am a first round TTSA investor because I wanted to have some skin in the game when they came out on the stage and started talking about everything that they were wanting to do. Um, I, I kind of liken it to if you watch a basketball game, it's pretty entertaining. If you put money on a basketball game, you're going to pay way closer attention to everything the players do. And so that's what my motivating force was for investing in TTSA was so that I could have motivation to stay up to date with the news that was coming out. Little did I know at the time that there would be so much news coming out uh, shortly after that occurred. Uh, but um, that's that was one trigger event for me. Uh, Lou being on Andy's podcast, uh, he and then Luis's podcast, he had conversations with them about getting off the couch and having the conversation. So that was something that resonated with me. And I said, well, hey, I no one at my house listens to me when I talk about UFOs. Maybe somebody online will. So I started I reached out to Luis at UCR and was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to try something and asked him for a little help getting started. And he gave me some advice. And, um, 
YouTube was intimidating and I was technically challenged. So I was like, what <laughs> do I have at my disposal? A phone. And so I started making videos on TikTok. Uh, and that's kind of where it all started to grow organically from that point. Um, we, we were talking right before this, like we're, we're getting AV equipment for Christmas this year. And oh, that's nice. exactly what I'm asking for. I think most of us content yeah. creators are doing that now. So yeah. uh, that, that's what's going to be in my stocking. But that's what got me involved. <laughs> I wanted to have the discussion with other people. Um, and I, w I was on Twitter, but everybody on Twitter already knows everything about yeah, what's going yeah. on. So <laughs> I started looking for, uh, I, I call it a gap analysis where, where are we not reaching out? And that was one location was TikTok. So yes. I noticed that there was no competition there um, no. at, at <laughs> the time, like people are starting to move over and migrate towards it because it is a powerful uh, distribution tool. And I, I got there and started honing my craft, I guess. And it's still a work mm. in progress. It's still uh, something I'll learn, um, learn from as time goes on. Uh, but that, but that has kind of helped me to amplify my voice. And the intent is to give people what I consider the, as accurate information as I can. And as short of a time frame as I can do it, I try to pack as much as I can into a short amount of time because short, uh, because attention spans are shrinking, right. uh, we got to compete for it. And Absolutely. I always tell, I always say that the UFO topic is the king of long form conversation <laughs> and discussion. So I went the opposite way. So that that's where I ended up making these TikTok videos. And uh, once once again, like if you learn something, it, you learn it at a certain level. But if you turn around and try to teach someone or explain it to someone, you have to learn it at a whole different level. Oh, yeah. So it's been a big benefit to me and and my research, which I don't like to use the word research because people are going to hammer you if you say oh you're a researcher. Gosh. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, it's it's ridiculous because you do research for your videos. Like people don't realize that for one minute of video, it's hours of research. Um, yeah. So people just you know, if you read a lot of things, you're a researcher. <laughs> So I always, I think my handle on TikTok is like, I'm not a, I don't research UFOs. I investigate or I, I research the UFO investigation, which is exactly what I think a lot of us, like I'm a commentator. I'm not an experiencer. I'm not a, yeah. uh, I'm not a dig down onto one case for 15 years yeah. and get all the nuts and bolts, like the guys that do Roswell or the guys that focus on other specific cases like uh david marler is yeah what i would say is the epitome of a researcher i'm not that guy i can't handle uh that type of focus TikTok allows me for mm -hmm. a broad spectrum of different topics that i can cover quantum quantum computers to yeah. uh, ufo sightings to to what's going on today with the approval of the ndaa through the yeah. senate so it's just that I, I can open my aperture on TikTok like nothing else, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because people want you to be, um, in many cases, all or nothing. They want you to be only for experiencers or only nuts and bolts or only this or only that. Or like, no, you haven't been on TV yet. You're, you're not good to listen to. Or they want everybody to fit in somewhere. And I think that there's plenty of room for people like you that want to cover more than just the same thing over and over. And there's nothing wrong with that because obviously we've gotten some great books like, um, like the Rendlesham book or like um, even the Trinity book, it focuses on a specific time point and certain events and places. But I think that what you do is going to reach 
the people that um, are looking for information fast and the people that are on TikTok tend to want to scroll and they tend to want to learn things quickly. So I think that what you're doing is very needed. I have seen a couple people doing UFO stuff on TikTok, but nobody does it the way you do. You're very professional. You're very concise. You've got the pictures in the back, which people like. Everybody likes pictures. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I appreciate what you do. And I did like um, your latest video, which we'll get to. I think it was your latest. It's a pinned video on your TikTok. So you said you haven't had any experiences yourself. Correct. Uh, okay. not, nothing that I could say is a encounter. Okay. And any lights in the sky or anything like that? I, I've seen, I've, I got a night vision monocular about a year and a half ago and I start sitting on my backyard and just kind of surveying the skies. And I saw two things that I would consider hard to explain, but I can't sit here and say, oh, it's, it's something out of the ordinary. Right. Uh, my default is always going to be, it's something prosaic until proven otherwise. Yes. Uh, but one was like an orb light like object that was floating around over my house. Um, I think I calculated it at the size of a quarter if it was um, 30 feet over my over my house. Uh, the other thing was an object that was off in the distance and I had a tripod out at that time and I recorded it for 23 minutes and it was just wow. a single flashing light off in the distance up in the like not at ground level. It was pretty high in the sky but it was so stationary that the stars would roll past it oh, over wow. that 23 minute period. So I Crazy. could put it in the time lapse and you can see it stays stationary while the stars are rotating around it for 23 minutes. It's just That's sitting there crazy. flashing once every five seconds. That's the one to me that I'm like, I still don't know what that yeah, is. It's very interesting. That's a long time to be in the air oh, and that's a long time to stay perfectly locked in the sky. Right. So that's the one to me. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> have you posted it yet? Or are you still kind of like, yeah, I have it on uh, YouTube somewhere, but oh, it, okay. it's, it's literally a blinking light. I, I, it's one frame at a time. And so I went through and pulled that frame out of the 23. That was monotonous of, of that 23 minute <laughs> yeah. footage and just kind of threw it up there on a PowerPoint so that it would roll through it real quick and you can see it. But it's it's not eye candy, it, well, but it's data. Yeah, a lot of the uh, things that civilians are catching are not eye candy. I don't know if you follow Jason on Instagram. I can't he, see. I'm I'm not good at Instagram yet. I'm still okay. I'm going to send curve. you his page because he goes out in a certain spot, um, every, pretty much every night with a night vision binocular, and he only uses one eye of it, so it's basically monocular. And what he catches is he'll describe it. He's like. What I was seeing was amber, but you know, in the green night vision, it only looks like it looks like what you're saying. So I'm going to send you his. Uh, I'm going to share his account with you because I think that you'll see most things that civilians are catching are not going to be, um, you know, that what everybody wants. Everybody wants yeah. that high definition, um, you know, <laughs> cockpit video. Yeah, what we they all want, want the occupant same piece, or you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool that you caught that, though. A lot of people haven't seen anything, and still this subject really matters to them still. So I don't think that you have to see something in order to believe. So were you kind of like, um, were there any movies that you liked that got you into this as well? Or was it just the To the Stars Academy awesomeness that when that all kicked off? 
well, Flight of the Navigator was real popular in my house when I was oh a kid. Gosh, um, yes. we, we had four <laughs> boys and a, the youngest one was a girl. So there's five kids in my house. So we watched oh. that. That was one of the movies that we watched a lot of uh, was Flight That's of the awesome. Navigator. I haven't heard that in a long time. So like I'm in my 30s. So my grandpa used to put it on for us. Like the... Um, I've made a TikTok about it, of course, and I have like a picture of me watching it with my kids. They're, they look as bored as they could be, and I'm just uh, wide-eyed and excited to see it. But you're just like, check this out, guys. <laughs> it still holds up, man. There's there's uh, there's another one called the, uh, and I'm gonna blank on it. The Experiencers. No, that's not it. Uh, the Explorers. <laughs> they make a, a warp bubble in their basement, oh. and they make it real small at first, and it destroys the inside of their house until they can figure out how to control it and then they make it big enough to where they can put a ship inside of it that they made out of trash cans uh and then they go out in the space it it's another one i've seen that too (laughs) that one seems like there's some science behind it but those i mean i was a kid so those are the ones that stood out to me et never did it for me yeah yeah (laughs) it's a nice thought and et's adorable but um yeah. Um, I mean, the part where he's like in the hospital isn't so nice, but you know what I mean? It's nice to think that this nice um, extraterrestrial visit visits us and hangs out with some kids all weekend. We yeah. get swooped up by the government. <laughs> um, so I wonder myself, uh, what does your research process look like? Uh, like say you're, you see something you want to research or see, you want see something you want to investigate and you want to make a video about how does that go down? Are you just like Googling away? Are you a notebook guy? Are you, you know, like, how do you do that? It's all on my phone for the most part. Uh, I'm, I'm migrating over to my computer because I can do more with the graphics that you see in the back of my videos as far as mm-hmm. preparation goes. Um, but it's the, the, your phone is the correct format already to do research, to be able to yeah. present it on TikTok. So it's, it's an apple to an apple. So it's, it's the easiest way for me to do it. <clears throat> but the the big thing is I just look for something that's interesting to me. I'm, I don't want to do things that are in, boring yeah. to me because then I, then I wouldn't want to yeah. do them. And who would want to listen to me do something I don't want to do? Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's my main thing is what is it that is fascinating to me at the time? And then I always try to go back and say, okay, I don't want to tell you about this single event or the single point of data I want to give you context around this so that people that aren't knee deep into this topic like we are can have a better feel for why is it significant that he's telling me what they're telling he's telling me so i'll always try to go back and say all right was this comment or was this uh, idea referenced at any other point in time in the last few months and so i i try to provide at least three things uh that would allow people to triangulate their thoughts on why is this a significant piece of information that has just been presented. Uh, so that that's what I, one of the things I do is I'll actually throw questions out on Twitter every now and then and be like, Hey, I'm looking for the comment that was made about this topic on this show. And I cannot remember where it is. Does yeah. anybody remember? And it's, it's a, it's a hive mind on, uh, UFO Twitter. So if you don't, if you remember something, <laughs> but you can't put your finger on it, throw the question out there. Yeah. It will definitely help get you to the yes. right place. That's a big benefit to, to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. There are people give Twitter like a bad rap, but I've noticed um, if you're asking for something like that, like a, like a source or a video, people answer so quickly. 
And it's very seldom that you get somebody um, being a jerk about it. Everyone, I mean, that's everywhere though. You're going to find people yeah. um, well, like that, that everywhere. Like I used to encourage people to join UFO Twitter and, and have the conversation, but I've kind of backed off of that. And like, if you want to, you can, <laughs> but just do not engage with yeah. arguments. Cause like, like, it's just like bad news. More people are going to share bad news than good news. Yes. And on Twitter, more people are going to vocalize their displeasure with your thought right. than people like people are going to hit that heart and give you a like if they agree with you. People yes. are going to use their words um, if they disagree with you. And right. you tend to focus more on the words than the hearts. But exactly. Try, try to keep it in perspective. Yeah, more people sure. agree with you than you think, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. I was terrified to get on Twitter um, because I had seen, I think I joined at the time where Anjali was um, first talking about her uh, expedition and her experience uh, with the beings in the mountain. So I think that I saw that happening and I was like, I'm never going to say anything on here. So I decided to like, keep my mind, like keep myself low. And I didn't, I wouldn't even put hashtag UFO Twitter in any of my thumbnails and when i did of course somebody came out and was like saying all these horrible things but it died out quick enough um the guy apologized eventually because i was like look you don't know me whatever but I it was so hard to not like fight back and then i was like you know like you said i have more support the people that are supporting me mean more than the people that are like jumping down my throat over something stupid so yeah you have to you have to look at the positives on when you're putting yourself out there because somebody's there's bound to be somebody that doesn't like what you're doing one day, but you do have more. I think that the light outweighs the darkness in that situation. And you also have to keep in mind that when you're discussing a topic with people, some there's, there's three types of people. There's people that are either way. They're going to, they're, they're going to take the information in and, and make a decision based on it. And then there's people that are going to believe anything they're told. And then there's people that are going to not believe anything that they're told. You want to talk to the people in the middle. You want to aim at those guys um, and and have the conversation with them because I don't know. Uh, Jock Valet doesn't know yeah. what's going on. If he doesn't, then I don't know anybody. I don't see how anyone could stand up and right. say, well, this is exactly what this is. It's too yeah, complicated. Exactly. Nobody knows. It, everything's on the table and off the table at the same time. So do you have any public speaking experience? Because I feel like you're very um, articulate and I feel like the way you project your voice and everything. Um, do you do a lot of public speaking in your everyday life or is this just something that you're doing because you're passionate about what you're doing? Um, people criticize me for having a monotone voice. On really? My Maybe TikTok I just like things. <laughs> yeah. So I, like my, I, as soon as I started making TikTok videos, I showed them to my kids and this is when I was just <laughs> learning what to do. And within like half a second, my daughter was like, that's the most boring voice <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, but I've, I've tried to amp it up a little bit, but I'm, I'm a much better speaker. Like, so my background is engineering. And okay. for for an engineering, I'm out for an engineer. I'm outgoing. Yeah, right? maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you you put me in an, in a club or a bar, and I'm gonna be pretty quiet. I'm 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 soft spoken in those types of locations. But put me in a room where people are talking about a common topic. I'm very I I become a speaker. I become a public speaker at that point, and that's something that has the one piece of advice I always give people if they're trying to be successful in anything that they do is don't worry so much about your technical skills, worry about your communication skills, because yes. it doesn't matter how, how well you understand it until you can explain it to someone else. No, one's going to care. 
Um, I also started to speak publicly because when I first started my career um, as a fresh out of college engineer, mm -hmm. I would go to these meetings uh, where all these senior engineers would be there and our um, manager would have his monthly get together discussion. And at the end, he would say, does anybody have any questions? N crickets. No one would say anything. <laughs> and so I realized if I ask a question, I don't have to go back to work until he <laughs> answers it. And so I could just sit there and at least ask something. And then later I found out from talking to him on a one-to-one -one basis, he was like, I'm glad you talked during the meetings because it's tough being the guy trying to have a conversation with people and it not being a two-way conversation, <laughs> just talking. Yeah. I'm talking at people. I want people to ask me right. questions. So that's when it kind of clicked for me. Like it's important to talk, even right. if you're uncomfortable you should ask questions so that you can become less uncomfortable and learn more about what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's, and I've, I've, I got promoted uh, fairly quickly um, and became uh, a talking head a lot more than an engineer <laughs> at this point. So that's where my background with public speaking has come from. But uh, a lot of it also was around PowerPoint presentations. So what I do on TikTok <laughs> is what I do at work. Yeah. I, I give presentations and, and run my mouth. Yeah. I mean, it, it's paid off for sure. Cause you seem comfortable with it. I remember when I first started doing public speaking, um, I had to do like, a, you know, you always have to do a communications class and one of them is public speaking. So I was studying molecular biology in Alaska and my head finally got to my public speaking class and I never really had a talk in front of people before. And I swear the first speech I gave was about space junk and um, nobody cared for one. And for two, it literally sounded like I swallowed a vibrator. Like my throat was like vibrating <laughs> and I couldn't like, I was like, oh my gosh, why is my voice like this? So it freaked me out more. And then I like talked way too fast. Um, so it was definitely hard for me to like talk in front of people. Um, last year I got a little practice with my a business that I had. Um, me and my partner would take turns doing like lives on Facebook. And I remember I was so nervous, but now I'm okay. Um, but yeah, it doesn't sound, I don't sound like a goat or something's vibrating in my throat the whole time now, which is nice. <laughs> so um, you mentioned that your kid, your daughter said that what you're doing, your, one of your topics is boring, but what does the rest of your family think? Like, like I, what everybody always asks me, like, what does your husband think? Or, you know, is, is she supportive? Is she into the topic? Or she's just like, okay, honey, great job. Or, you know, just like tolerates it or supports it, but doesn't really engage it. Like, what is your family like around this topic? So my most popular line that I've ever said on any of these podcasts was on the big phone home too, when they asked me that exact question. <laughs> and, my, and my response was, my wife has opted out of my free nightly UFO <laughs> updates in our kitchen. So she could care less as long as someone else is listening to me talk about this stuff. She's right. fine with it, but she doesn't really care for it. It's she's, she is a uh, fitness aficionado. So she, oh, okay. uh, she's all about, uh, and she's does Zumba. She does all the dancing nice. related stuff. So she's focused on that and UFOs do not, <laughs> inner her thought process at all i was yeah I, I feel that my husband's an uh army engineer so like he's uh i tell him and he like try he starts to listen but then you just see his eyes just like shut down like, like which which still to this day is one of the most amazing things <laughs> about this whole topic is it's so enthralling to me to yeah. see this news coming out right now yeah like i can get pumped right like i get yeah. pumped 
like this is such an amazing time to be into a topic like this that could possibly lead to being the biggest event in mankind's history yes. and we're sitting in the front row and people don't want a free ticket yeah, to the show yeah, I, it's, it's crazy to me they'd rather see like who was wearing what on the uh what red carpet or whatever awards celebrity gossip and i'm like guys like we just basically got told that we're being visited by something, some non-human intelligence, possibly there's occupants. And then, you know, like all this cool stuff, this, like, it's going to be, it's in legislation now and nobody cares. Um, I don't want to say nobody, but trust me, I have a, a nobody around me in my immediate um, world wants to talk about this, which is nothing new, but I thought for sure, like more people are coming around, but it's still like, not something like I'm super like something happens and I get really excited and I have to go talk to people on Twitter or Instagram because I need people to share the excitement with me and I'm just like by myself just like super excited about things and nobody to share it with so I am thankful for this community um, which I always say but I mean it because otherwise I'd just be like before this year these like thoughts were just like rolling around in my head and I was like hey nobody cares B, nobody wants to talk to you. So, um, but this year, it's a lot has changed, thankfully. And and just like you, I just wanted to talk about it with somebody. Yeah. Um, not even like to get it off my chest. You know, I am an early experiencer, so um, not only to talk and find a place to talk about that, but just to talk about all the actual like um, the nuts and bolts things happening, the legislation happening, the the way it's being presented in media, in books with Avi Loeb and Ross Coulthard and um, you know, all those guys that are taking it like into the professional realm where more people are going to start listening because these guys are talking about it. So what was the event this year that was like, what's been the most exciting part of this year for you? Because we've made a lot of uh, progress as far as, you know, I guess people say disclosure goes, a lot has happened. What, what part of this year, since we're towards the end of the year now, what part of, were you just like, kind of like, what do people say? Like, uh, I can't think of the word for it. Like they're, yeah. Awestruck. Yeah. Like, um, was there anything that happened this year like that? You're just like, holy shit, this is happening. So, so obviously the legislation is going to be a big one, but yeah. uh, the, everyone's going to say that. So I'm going to pick something else. <laughs> um, it, sometimes you don't realize the big moment until you've had a time to reflect on it. And uh, you've seen how things have played out since then. So when John Ratcliffe went on the Maria Bartiromo, and I'll never be able to pronounce that name right, when if he went on her show and talked about UFOs in an open manner, that, in my opinion, was the opening of the floodgates. Because ever since that happened, politicians, Bill Nelson's, all these higher level government people started to speak up as well, including Obama on uh, late yeah. night TV shows. Like I, I did a video uh, about a week ago where they were saying, what's your viral video for TikTok this year? Yeah, and I it's, that. I went through the list of people that of government employees and uh, elected officials that have spoken about this openly. And it's just an enormous list of people. Yes. So, so, and I think it was all stuck kicked off when John Ratcliffe started talking because after that, it just started to roll. It was like, okay, he's, this is what this guy said this week, next week it was somebody else. Next week it was somebody else, but he was yeah. the uh, catalyst. I feel like uh, whether or not he intended to be or not, I don't know, yeah. but 
but that was that was the event this year that that stands out to me at this point. But yeah. I, I get to turn around and ask the host that same question. Oh, me? What was the uh, one for you? I I know everybody says the uh, the Gillibrand amendments, um, but what really got me was when we first started hearing about that on Max Moscovich's channel um, when Lou received when they were in San Marino and he received the the preliminary language to that bill. And they're both like taking turns reading it. Like I, I am so serious when I say like, if that was that, that's real to me. And I know like it, it, it has put my mind at ease that I'm not a crazy person. I've had crazy experiences and I felt crazy my whole life because of it. So them talking about this in like real life out in the public and then reading the language that they're going to do all these things um, to to help the cause along or to help get information out and hold um, the government, the agencies within the government accountable. Um, that literally kind of like, that was the time where I was like, holy shit, this is real. Like, I know it's real, but how real is it now that um, it's going into the Senate or into legislation talk? It's written down. Yes, it's exactly. And I remember when they did, you know how um, this past month or two, like the, I guess the beginning of November, it's been kind of like um, passed around, like the the language of the Gillibrand Amendment or the Gillibrand Rubio Gallego Amendment. I keep forgetting to make it specific because of uh, I know there's a lot to just that there's more Gillibrand amendments than just this one. But um, like that, when they first had the first count um, of like, because there was a point where they did have the Senate and, you know, everybody counted it up. We thought it was going to be like official and then it went back. But when that the first time that happened, um, I literally was like, I literally started crying because I have been like so many, the stigma, like, like I saw my first UFO when I was five. So like I'm 30, I'll be 38 in February. So that's like that whole time of me feeling like a crazy person and trying to talk to people and find people that have had experiences or that are interested in, you know, in UFOs. And I know it's a silly thing, but I mean, when it's a lonely road until you find people that are like-minded, especially with this sort of thing. Cause even with like paranormal stuff, like spirits and ghosts and like uh, the witch stuff I do, like that's easy to find. People love ghosts. People love witchcraft. You know what I mean? So, um, but with the UFOs, people were just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Even, even some of the spiritual people I knew were like, no oh, man, that's weird. So I, I remember I messaged uh, Dan Zetterstrom from the Signal. And mm -hmm. I was like, bro, I'm like crying right now. I'm super emotional. And he's like, I feel it, man. Like, uh, so I do say that was it. Um, another thing was when Lou was talking about, um, obviously, like you made a video about this, the whole like somber. You, it was like, was that the last video you made, the DNA one? No, that that one was a okay, few weeks ago. Okay. It's um, I think that it's just like um, I think you might have it pinned or something. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Okay. That one, like to me, was um when that, when people are talking about that a lot right now, that to me was another thing where I was like, holy crap, like, like, uh, we, we all might be like closer there, to these things that we realize. There, there's <laughs> you know? more to the story than we realize. Yeah. But is it really a shock when we look back at ancient literature and ancient texts, like all the way back to Samaria, we've been told, um, these things came from the sky. It's in, it's in a lot of different pantheons. It's in a lot of different religions that something came from the sky and made us or something came from the sky and visited us. 
So why is it such a shock now? Is it because people want the science behind it, do you think? People want tangible evidence that they can lay their hands on. And that's going to be a problem with something that doesn't want you to lay your hands on it. So it's and and no one wants to think that people like we all want to think that we're the epitome of evolution, that we're the epitome of intelligence. So looking back at people, we want to say, oh, well, they just didn't know what they were talking about and just dismiss them outright. No right. one wanted to believe that there was a flood that occurred 12,000 years ago when Graham right. Hancock was talking about it. And then we yeah. got the younger Dryas data that's come forward with lots of academic support. And now everyone's going, there are 200 flood myths in all religions <laughs> around the world about a, a catastrophe, like just like what he's describing. And now right. he's, he's finally getting some validation of after getting drugged through the mud and yes. uh, lambasted for so long about his hypothesis, just for even thinking about it. Now it's coming to the point where people are having to recognize something did happen that we don't know about. Right. And, and when you do start to think back over uh, tens of thousands of years, how do we know what was going on back then? There are civilizations right. that sprung up and vanished that yes. we're, we can discover them now occasionally and no one knew it before so who knows what we're going right. to find next we didn't know about the denisovans no. uh, we didn't know about florensis uh whatever the little ones were. Yeah, yeah yeah there's there's all kinds of different branches of mankind uh, um or hominids out there who knows what we could have overlooked um yeah an, another uh, i'm a big grand graham hancock fan by the way you'll probably pick no, up I on that him. if you watch my stuff yeah um but he said that if you're going to try to look for something that's 5,000 years old, you're going to dig down to that 5,000 year old level and then you're going to stop. But what's to say that if you dug down another foot, you wouldn't find something that was 6,000 yeah. years old. Or if, like, if you just stop because you think you found it, you're not going to find anything else because wow. you're going to, you're going to stop yourself from advancing your knowledge because you're going to think, you know, it all, um, shouldn't you shouldn't be you should be a little more humble with your understanding of the world we we just don't right. have all the answers yeah and i that's very uh synonymous for everything I, anything anytime we think we know everything if you say that you know everything and you stop there why are you even here i'm, I'm not trying to be mean or anything but if you don't think past your comfort zone and and, and this doesn't just have to be with stuff like this this could be something like um like you said, your wife's a workout instructor. There's always new things that are coming or workout fanatically. Like she's there's always new workouts. There's always new information coming out. So I'm, I'm sure people that like she dives deep on that, but that's her version of what you're diving into. And like he said, that's so synonymous to like us gaining knowledge and growing as a human being. Um, like there's, you need to keep thinking. And if like, if you keep, if you stop thinking at any point, like you said, there's that next thing you might learn that might change your life or, or really just like open your mind in a way or give you some sort of understanding. But if you stopped like today, just researching, investigating, wondering, reading, whatever, then you would just, why are you even here? Like yeah. it's a horrible, I don't mean it in like a horrible way, but I mean it in a, a sense that I like Graham Hancock too. So I'm like, yes, he's so deep. Like everything he says, I'm like, Oh, like not, I mean, there's some stuff he said, I was like, wait a minute, buddy, but not a lot. Like I, I do like him a lot. Um, so, yeah, I love that you brought that up because you also talked about in that video, the 70,000 years ago, um, you know, we went through this big crisis and 
there's all pop, the contribution. Yeah, the population drop to between yes. two and 10,000 people. Um, and that was it. And we almost went extinct. Yeah. So why would Lou mention that particular event and information being written into our DNA about it? So what does that mean? Like when you start reading between yeah. the lines, um, it could make for an interesting conversation about what does it mean to be man? What does it mean to be human? Uh, what if it's not yeah. mankind, it's mankind's. Yeah, that, that line. Mean? So That really got me too when he said that. I was like, I feel like a lot of us know that. Like we, we feel like we know that. Um, we feel like we realize there's other things. I, but I, I feel like I know it, but I'm even in this conversation terrified to say what I think it is yeah. because it's, uh, it's tough to say. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but, you know, we have talked a little bit about stigma. That's going to be the next stigma right now. The stigma that's breaking is just talking about it in general, like very top level. There's a light in the sky. There's a craft. There's this thing. We don't know what it is. That's the first thing that is getting out of the way right now. The next thing is going to be more people coming forward with uh, their experiences and then from there, people are probably going to try and validate those experiences. So we're going to have better validation techniques to, for experiencers and all that stuff. So like you just saying, I think that you should, you know, you, you're in a position to kind of start breaking the mold. And you are definitely, but don't hold back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's scary. Trust me. I, uh, I, I can talk about all sorts of crazy things. But when it came to this and sharing things that I've experienced, I was like, like in shambles about it. Like I was talking to the girls from uh, that one time I was abducted by aliens and I like broke down several times because I had never said it out loud knowing that it was just going to go out into the internet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, I totally get the fear, but then it's just like, I had to push myself because I want people to um, be able to do the same thing. So if, I, but if I'm not doing it, then it's, I'm not contributing to the breaking of the stigma, I guess. And, and I do not put my um, theorizing into my videos. I try to make them just, not. here's the yeah. information I put forward. But since we're on a podcast where I can speculate a little bit more, I will, I will kind yeah, of try yeah. to tie things together a little bit. Um, what John Ramirez has been saying lately about the alien human hybrid thing yeah. I, and its relationship to what Lou said, it leads me to think that at that 70,000 year mark, we were reduced in a population that was not going to survive. And if there was ever a time that, that, that our species would have needed some intervention to help our, our survival, that would have been the time. Um, like shortly after that Homo erectus went extinct. So we were probably going to go that route and, and die off, but maybe something came in and said, Hey, we're going to help you guys out, give you this characteristic trait and allow you to survive um, and keep the party going, I guess. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking that Lou's hinting at. That's yeah. what I'm thinking that John Ramirez is thinking at. That's yes. what I think is written into our DNA is that we almost went extinct, but someone stepped in and allowed us to survive by some means. And I don't know how you tweak human DNA. If you're, uh, if maybe it's CRISPR technology or, I was gonna or say, however like, they have, <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly. If, if they could just say, we're going to take a pinch of this that we've got and give it and put it in your soup and, and see how that works out for you. And it's seems to have allowed us to right. conquer the world or yeah. destroy it. One, yep, or, whichever you want to look at it. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's, that's not really that far out there. Like I'm like, since I could read, I was reading about other religions and I bust out the old ass encyclopedias, like, you know, the set, <laughs> I don't Botanica even think people, yeah, books. yeah. I remember my grandma had like a set, so I would go through those and just read about different things. But I just feel like the more I look to the past, it's like we're playing catch up. Like we knew this and then a period went on where nobody cared about it. And now it's kind of resurfacing again um, with the whole DNA thing, because since the beginning of time, people have talked about us being melded with these sky gods. Right. So um, definitely speculation, of course, but I have been listening to a lot of uh, the Ramirez stuff because I find um, I think he's a beautiful person. Like, I just love to hear him talk. Um, he the way he talks about when he meditates and everything about him. I just I want to believe what he says so badly. Um, did you read Skinwalkers at the Pentagon? I've, I've started it. I haven't gotten through <laughs> it, man. It's uh, it's a heavy. You lift. really got to open the mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so you kind of speculated on that. But um, what do you think is operating these crafts? Do you think what is, you know, we have all the different hypotheses about the future us, uh, extra dimensional, interdimensional, ultra dimensional, subterranean um, in the ocean. You know, what which one resonates with you? Like, which one do you think? Or is it both? So so um, Berlinghoff Rasmussen, I believe is how you pronounce his name on Twitter, has put an origins of UAP, potential origins of UAP uh, infographic together where he lists all of those different possibilities. Oh, I think I've seen so that. You, can, you can kind of break down which ones seem more uh, probable than others. The ones to me that I uh, migrate to are going to be the ones that are of earth like it like the extraterrestrial one is there's there's some big question marks and big gaps that would prevent me from saying well it's obviously somebody coming from a long way away uh it's not an impossibility uh, there's a lot of information that humans don't possess that maybe they do that allows allow them to get here so that is a possibility but it doesn't um, explain the um sexual overtones associated with the abduction phenomenon yeah. and that's something that mac tony's points out in his crypto terrestrial hypothesis where why would an alien species need to replicate with us or, or breed with us what benefit would it be to something that is so foreign to us our dna right. wouldn't be compatible in, exactly. in in the way that it is with other primates so that may, that leads me to think that whatever it is it's of earth uh, it's it's from here it's just ahead of us. And so that leads me to the oceans. There's so much in the oceans that we don't oh, know. Yeah. We got yeah. all these USO, the, all this USO activity. I mean, if, if you just want to hide from humans, go in the water. It's, oh, yeah, it's absolutely. pretty easy. Uh, and that's why Abyss is one of my favorite movies. Such <laughs> right a good now. movie. So freaky, but so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you're um, watching that movie, you're just like, oh, I would die if I was in that situation, <laughs> like a fear. And the oceans also lead you to, even if it wasn't ET, like there's water worlds out there. Oh, uh, yeah. I think there's one that's 35,000 or 35 million, 35 light years away. I'm, I might be getting the distance yeah. incorrect, but they said that there's a water world out there. So if it's miles deep all around, a mile deep ocean all over the planet and they come to Earth... Right. They're not coming to the surface. They're going to go in the water it's where they're comfortable, there, yeah. where the pressure is right for them. That's exactly the the theory behind or the the backstory of the 
extraterrestrial intelligence associated with the abyss is they came here from an ocean right. world. So it's, uh, in, in my opinion, it's something earthly. Um, the interdimensional one's harder for me to um, understand. So yeah, sure. I can't wrap my mind around it. So it's hard for me to say, well, that's what it is. Well, I don't know what that even is. Yeah, so it's, it's hard even for me spooky to put it in like the box. more you dive into yeah. it. <laughs> but, that, but that one leads to the high strangeness aspect. Oh, of it. yes, yes. Uh, and that that's the thing to me that is such a big question mark is the nuts and bolts craft are pretty easy to put in a box, but this yeah. high strangeness stuff, yeah. this ability to know where the cat point was um, oh, yeah. for David Fravor's next uh, move. How does it do that? How do they yeah. interact with our nuclear um, computers or whatever it is that's running those things? How do they interfere with that? How, how, is Skinwalker Ranch happening? What's yes. going on there? Yeah. yeah, it's insane. Um, it's it's pretty spooky when you think about it. Um, like I said, being a witch, I've done a lot of like uh journey work. And last year, um, during COVID, I did like a priestessing class, and the my mentor at the time had a lot of different uh she learned from a lot of different, I guess, spiritualities, and she was doing shamanic journeying and um there are some weird experiences that come out of it and you can use entheogenic plants, not as crazy as ayahuasca or mushrooms. Like uh, for example, cacao, if you take enough cacao, it'll take you on a little ride. Um, so we did a ceremony like that and I had this whole like singularity thing happen. Um, and it's happened to me before, like a long time ago when I took mushrooms and was meditating in Sedona, of course, <laughs> you know, normal person stuff. But um, I just saw like the planets and everything. It was freaking weird. Like, and people have described this too, like, you see everything um, without time and in boundlessness and everything just kind of being how it's supposed to be. So the high strangeness thing to me, I've thought about it a lot. Um, I grew up in a house with a medium. So we had a lot of paranormal activity. Um, I go to these haunted tours, um, not often, but you know, I've been to enough to be like, this is a, there's something going on here, especially when people take the EMF readers and they're going crazy. That whole high strangeness thing. There's even people that say they get a feeling before they're about to have an experience or before like a craft will be um, outside. So some people say they get woken up like in the middle of the um, night. Shoot, uh, Dorothy Izot. I have you, you know her. <laughs> Uh, the name sounds familiar. I'm sure she, that... she had that connection. So her, yeah. her, she was a, Canada, I want to say British Columbia, yes, Canada, yes, okay. or maybe Vancouver. I'm, I'm getting it wrong. Yeah. But she could record object lights in the sky and yes. in one frame in her eight millimeter camera. It yeah. Would yeah. I know what you're talking movies. about. Yeah. Her story, her movie that they made about her is amazing. Like if you is haven't it seen it, light? it's the beings of light. Movie yes. Or something like that. It's yeah. I think such a good it. movie. And yeah, I need to rewatch it. It is definitely something where there was communication going on back and forth between her yes. and whatever that is. And it's her story. Um, she's got a special place in my heart because she's oh, such yeah. a sweet lady. And oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you just look at her and like, that's I wish I want her to be my grandmother. Like, yeah, yeah. And you believe it, what she says. She seems so genuine when she's talking about it. And she seems, uh, no offense, not technically savvy enough to be able to fake things yeah or especially with those cameras right it. yeah yeah so that it's been it was it's wild what she what she went through and a lot of people are, are actually going through that still it's um she's like the most famous but 
Um, I was just talking to somebody earlier and she has like similar experiences. Um, I've had similar experiences. Like a lot of experiencers have that. Um, they just get this like weird, like high strangeness phenomena before something happens. Um, how that could be studied, I don't even know. But it's it's definitely interesting to think about. And it's definitely spooky. Like when you're laying in bed at night thinking I'm embedded in dimensions upon dimensions right now. And like right next to me, there's like the spirit world. And then the other side, there's some other dimension with possibly some um, non-human intelligences that are just blipping in and out. You know, um, it's just definitely spooky to think about late at night, but also cool. Um, and then when you look into the, uh, you know, the whole science behind parallel worlds, that definitely adds a layer to it. And um, it makes it feel more legitimate. And then you're really spooked at night sometimes. I'm, I have like an insomniac. So like I wake up like at two and I'm just like, let's think about weird things and scare myself when everyone's asleep. But yeah, so it's definitely a cool thing. But like you said, like wrapping your head around it, you kind of go a little bit crazy because it's, it's impossible to understand it right now with um, the way we're taught and what we understand. So I wonder if insomnia is a common trait in the UFO community, because I had, uh, I, I call it a borderline insomnia, when, particularly when I was a kid. And that's when I would be up late at night thinking about what if, <laughs> what about that? What about this? And I couldn't shut my gear. I couldn't turn it off. So I would just stay up all night long yeah. thinking about random things like that and freaking myself out thinking yeah. about what does infinity mean? That is still yes. one of the most scariest things to me. What does it yeah. mean to be alive forever? Uh, to, that, that kept me up many, many nights, uh, but then there would be alien talk and uh, in, in my, in between my ears and things like that. Uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I think it might be because I remember when I was thinking about like the, uh, the vastness of space and it was after doing some meditation, it was talking about that. And then I decided that I was trying to, um, I do lucid dreaming. So I was going to do that in a lucid dream. And I, I started dreaming and you catch yourself kind of in that in between sleep and awake to lucid dream. And in this lucid dream, I'm like starting to lift out of uh, my body and into the universe and it was so real that i freaked out because i started to feel the vastness of the universe and then i just like was like awake all of a sudden and like couldn't breathe and was like hot it was like super weird but i was like what the hell did i just do um uh that was super weird and creepy because you feel like like how small are we you know we're a tiny and that's just in our universe so if we've got these parallel universes happening like you're like infinitesimally tiny so well don't don't forget we're not only tiny in in size we're also tiny in time like our yes. 80 years on this planet is such a drop in the bucket for when you compare it to the the length the the time frame that the universe operates on Absolutely. we're just a flash we are lightning like right now right. like uh, and that's one of the things that's always um drawn my attention to Lou is the cigarette analogy where he talks about the cherry is the present for us, but what if the cherry was bigger for these other entities and they yeah. could absorb or pr their perspective of time is different than ours. So uh, yeah, that, exactly. that's hard to wrap your mind around too. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like the, what time to us is governed by Newtonian physics and how do we know, like that's to our planet, like, Every planet has different densities, different sizes. How do we know? And we, we can monitor that, right? Like we monitor like how, how time changes if we're traveling in space. 
but how do we even know that's real? Because we haven't been up there. But um, we are heading to the hour mark. Do you have time for some questions from the live? And yeah, somebody um, send I actually see one that I have questions one? about right now. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Alien Lives is. Matters. Um, Nimitz one? dropped 80,000 feet into the ocean. So what I hear people say is that, that it went from 80,000 feet to sea level in 0.78 seconds. But if you ever listen to Kevin Day talk, the guy that was manning it, he says 28,000 feet to, to 50 feet in 0.78 seconds. So that's one thing that has always confused me as far as inconsistency, which this topic is rife with inconsistencies and contradictions. But uh, that's that's one thing that I can't I can't state either way. I, I want to believe right. Kevin Day over anybody else. Of course. Yeah, he seems so real. Um, Alien Lives Matter actually messaged me a question um, kind of about your opinions on the dead or alive UAP statement um, inside the NDAA. Uh, what are your, you kind of posted briefly about it um, on a tweet, but at, what, how do you feel about that being inside the amendment? So I think uh, he's talking specifically about the captured, the word captured yes, being yes. used um, in regards to UAPs. What technology can we gain from captured UAPs and actively going out and trying to catch the tiger by the toe is a bad idea in, in yes. my opinion. Uh, there, It's like maybe we could grab a baby cub what would happen if a mama bear came out from behind a tree uh, down the path that we might not want to, yeah. to see what happened. So um, I, I think it's a bad idea if we want to live in heart. Um, Nathan Twining put out a memo back in 1947 and he was describing uh, UAPs at the time as real and not fictitious, not something made up. And they appear to have uh, to be very evasive. So to me, back in 47, they were even saying, well, these things don't want to mess with us. Yeah. They're, they're trying to stay away. They're, they're non-confrontational. I don't want to bring conflict and I don't want to to something that's non-confrontational because if you back anything into a corner, yes. a, a sick animal doesn't want to mess with you. But if you back it up, it's got nothing to lose. I don't, I don't like the word captured being in there um I, yeah. I i would like some more definition on exactly what they mean when they say that that's the right. one word in there and yeah i made a video that had that and i said shake my head no we don't yeah, i don't want to capture yeah. one of those things yeah even ross Caltart had uh spoken about it too recently um that you know people are telling him that we basically have disabled crafts um we have disabled them not like we have the disabled craft but we have purposely, you know, put some out and that's very I, scary. Yeah. I think the exchange rate between human lives and alien lives isn't going to be in our favor. If we get no. into a conflict, it's uh, it's, I think we're going to be on the losing end of that state. Right. So does anybody else have any questions? So um, we have a lot of interesting comments. People are saying the insomnia thing um, is linked with um, abduction, which, um, you know, a lot of people that have had these um, abduction experiences or um, being taken, however you want to word it, experiences, um, they do have, uh, a lot of them have like the sleep paralysis thing, which is a whole different interesting topic because yes, our body does that, 
but um, so many people have experienced it um, as kids before being exposed. Um, like, like, obviously, we're reading about this all the time. We're studying. We're going to have some alien dreams, right? But the difference to me is like with the um, the sleep paralysis and people like wake up with markings or um, very sick the next day. That's always interesting when I hear stuff like that. But yeah. um, so, so I ask myself like. Why did Travis Walton get abducted? Why are there all, why did Betty and Barney Hill get abducted? Yeah. What is it about it that made them um, desirable? I guess I'll call it. But yeah. then I also turn around and say, well, what is it about me that makes them not want to uh, <laughs> show themselves to me? Like Stan Freeman never saw a UFO. Uh, Don yeah. Quixote never saw a UFO. Like what is it about us that doesn't, because ev everybody says that if you see a UFO, it's because it wanted you to see it. Yeah. But why don't they want me to see them? Why? Yeah. Uh, what what am I too. missing or what, what have I got? That's not desirable. Uh, right. And, and that leads back to, well, what Lou said, or um, not Lou, John Ramirez said, like some are more uh, enhanced, maybe have some mm -hmm. more enhanced DNA than others. Is that, is that what the future is going to hold? Is that what's going to, come out of this yeah other people have brought that up um and john ramirez definitely does a lot of spiritual practice and energetic practices um i've heard him talking about chakras before and meditation and um it's and i do that i'm you know probably i'm a spiritualist mystic witch whatever you want to call me but i am i'm also like a year out from finishing my molecular biology degree so i understand the science aspect and how research works and I love reading physics uh, books for fun. So I, I'm def I feel like I'm well-rounded, but we would all like to think that right, about ourselves. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like why some, I've even gone down the whole like uh, blood type rabbit hole. Like who are they taking? Obviously we know the RH negatives and the O's and um, maybe what, what's your blood type? Maybe you're an A and they don't like this. <laughs> an O positive, yeah. Oh, see, they should definitely be taking you. I don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> i'm not holding my tongue right that must be what it is <laughs> you're staying up to you're staying up the whole night instead of falling asleep and letting them take you could be yes so i don't see any more questions do you have any uh questions for the live feed or for me or any like anything else you wanted to talk about well, i was gonna ask you for an update on how did you get hooked up with the um with andy and dan over at um that ufo podcast how did that all play out <laughs> i have no idea um i've been talking to dan as on the he's part of the book club uh he he like the second one he almost didn't come to but he ended up coming anyway so he's totally part of it whether he likes it or not but i've kind of been talking to dan randomly he's one of those people that um i just kind of like was super nice when I, when I joined the community, it's a hard, it's a great community once you're in it, but it's very intimidating at first. Oh yeah. So I was definitely like, I loved his like artwork and his uh, NUIP secrecy stuff and his, uh, the seal that he did um, that looks like the, has the Eagle on it, you know? So I loved all that stuff. And then we just kind of started chit chatting here and there. Um, so I don't know if he like pointed Andy in that direction, but I'm, I don't know. Andy just, messaged me one day and I was like, and I've been following their podcast. Like that's like my favorite podcast. So I'm a bit like, Oh, like, <laughs> like that's my favorite podcast. So if I have to listen to one, it's going to be that UFO podcast. So, um, I know I shared a lot of their stuff. I don't, I don't really know exactly how he thought he should contact me, but he did. And 
um, was like, Hey, I have this idea. And he wants to, he wanted to do it with a couple um, newer podcasts that weren't specifically UFO, but um, cause he's like, well, I don't want somebody that's doing the same thing. I'm doing 100% um, people with different outlooks on the phenomenon or people doing different things kind of thing. And um, somebody told him to put me in the running and I guess he agreed. And um, so basically he's just, I'm just going to send him my video and audio and he's going to put it on uh, their website and their, um, their other platform. So that that's what's happening. And I don't so know how it happened. They're, <laughs> they're it looking did. to diversify is what it sounds like. They want a diversified portfolio. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Cause you know, there's so many, um, maybe just sharing some of the, he was kind of put it like sharing some of the, the fortune that he's had with listeners. Um, so I, I think it's interesting because if you would have told me even at the beginning of this year that I would have a, uh, YouTube or a podcast about this. If you told me I would have like a microphone and these freaking lights and, uh, you know, a, a green screen on the wish list. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I would, I don't think I would have believed you. Um, I was talking about the witchy things. I was doing metaphysical, um, like meditation, balancing your chakras, crystals, and that and herbs, you know, the, the witchy stuff. Um, I've always had obviously the UFO thing, but who else is going to listen? There's, it's a very small group of people that listen. It feels big now because I'm in the group, but outside of the group, it feels like nobody cares. Like I'm, I'm more likely to talk to somebody about a spirit guide, um, ascended master than I am an extraterrestrial possibly visiting yeah. in most cases. So yeah, I did not think this was going to happen, but I will say the phenomenon has definitely always pulled me. It seems like once a year I would get in this, this stage, like, don't forget about this. Um, even with my metaphysical teaching, I did a whole class on like star seeds and star lineage. Um, cause I just couldn't not talk about something weird, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just happened and, and it's super weird. I don't know how you feel about synchronicity, but literally the night before Andy talked to me, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, it's fun. Like I love talking to people, but what am I doing? Am I supposed to be doing this or like, should I just be like taking more classes or, you know, throw the kids in daycare and take full-time classes this upcoming semester or whatever. Um, but I was like, okay, no, I'm sick of these. Like I asked for a sign and I get these stupid things. That I don't understand like weird dreams that don't make sense or super vague um, messages, I guess. And it was like, literally like the next day I was like, okay, I'm sick of this shit. Just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Tell me I'm on the right path. Tell me I'm supposed to be doing this because I'm enjoying it. So I want a reason to do it. But um, on top of that, I, I just need to know why I'm doing it. I still don't know why, just besides I love it. And uh, the next day he messaged me and I thought he was just going to, because it started with, oh, thanks for like, you know, sharing the show. And I was like, oh, he must reach out to, to listeners, you know, <laughs> every once in a while and say thank you for listening. But yeah, I'm excited. But well, nervous. Congratulations. No, thank you. So, so you mentioned um, that um, Max Moscovich's show, uh, and when he interviewed Lou, I believe is with the one you talked about specifically. Yeah. And I, it, to me, it relates to what you're describing right now. Like, Hey, am I wasting my time? What am I doing here is, should I be doing something else? Yeah. So, so during that Lou Max, uh, interview, I had my moment of exhale. Okay. This is, this is all for a reason or this, this, yeah. it, it was my moment of levity because at the very end of the, his first interview with Lou, 
he's he Lou said, Max, I just wanted to congratulate you on being on the right side of history. Yeah. And yeah. For some reason, when he said those words to me, it, like I had tension in my body and he said those words and I was like, OK, all right. Yeah. Someone is telling us that uh, someone that we respect is telling us that we're on the right side of history, which is the side that I thought I've been on. I didn't know I needed to hear it. Yeah. I heard it. And then I realized that I needed to hear it at that moment. So right. that that's one of the moments of this year that I think is oh, absolutely. Uh, a game changer for me. Yeah, for sure. Cause we we're so used to the stigma, right? Like we're so used to not talking about it and not and feeling like it's a silly thing to put your mind into and your energy into. Yes. And all of a sudden we've got a lot of the world. I'm going to say a lot of the world, even though it's not a lot of the world focusing on it and acknowledging it for, um, as reality. Um, like our kids are growing up in a world where people are just going to be talking about these, like these UFOs and UAP, like they are just normal things, which is pretty yeah. like mind blowing to me still. So, so I, have... I think I jumped to the answer I was going to okay. give to this question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, was that your answer? I think that's pretty much it. Like, um, um, the biggest takeaway is Lou's got multiple gears. I thought we lost him when he left TTSA, but he was just mm -hmm. shifting into second gear. We're firmly in third gear. Um, who knows what's going next? But as far as the takeaways, him t saying that we're on the right side of history has been something that has stuck with me for months at this point. And it definitely, it felt like a pat on the back to all of the, all of the community, even though the people that hate them um, <laughs> are, are going to say something about it. Yeah. One of the things that he has consistently stated is that you should take the data in and think for yourself. I don't know what kind of a guy um, that's trying to mislead you would be also encouraging you to critically look at the information and think for yourself. So thinking for yourself is the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from listening to Lou this year. And that's what I'm trying to do is take the data in and digest it, mull it over and see if there's any uh, tie-ins to other information that I've heard that would back it up and just right. think for myself and encourage people the people that watch my videos to think for themselves. Don't take my word for it. Don't trust me. That's what our entire community should be is encouraging people to critically think about what's going on and make up, make decide for yourself what it means. Absolutely. And I think that you do that well. Um, you even did, I think, yeah, I feel like your videos do that anyway, because it's like, if somebody's interested in something you mentioned, there's so much more to research about that topic. Yeah. You kind of give us like the cliff notes of it. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. Like, exactly. I'm gonna go so look you, at that. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Like I am the table of contents for <laughs> UFO Twitter and podcasts. Like I, I will give you just enough to get you interested in it. And if you watch my videos, I always try to reference the, the channels that have good podcasts about it or uh, videos about a topic that I'm covering. I always try to direct them towards someone else in the community uh, that has covered this topic ad nauseum. Uh, because like I said, this is a long form topic. This is a difficult conversation to have. This is a nuanced right. conversation. I can't do it in under three minutes. And, and but I can, uh, Tupac had a comment that he said, I can't change the world, but I might be able to spark the brain that can. And yeah. that's what I hope to do. I hope, I hope that there's someone that 
doesn't know anything about the topic that sees my video, maybe they're the person that can figure yeah, this out. A maybe fresh they're set of the eyes. Yeah, fresh set of eyes. Get them interested in the topic and have them be the next generation. Um, so that's one of my hopes for my channel is reach out to new people. Uh, we tend to talk in an echo chamber on UFO Twitter and and, and all, all of our forums. So I'm trying to use TikTok as a way to as an outreach program. Yeah, I think that's that's a great mission, too. And I'm glad that you know that you're doing it. This is an interesting question. What is the connection between having paranormal activity or after a UFO sighting? I think that's a lot of questions. I mean, that's a common question, but I don't know that anybody can answer that um, with a like confidently say they know the answer. I think I can, I can point towards, uh, it's all about quantum mechanics. Like, oh, I don't know yes, if it's like you. a remnant yes. of that, like the quantum yeah. thing as has been something such, yeah. I've been struggling with trying to understand, um, and it's connect in the quantum world's connection to consciousness. Like, yes, yes, yes. That's something. And I don't quote Tom DeLong often, but he did say, <laughs> Uh, if you want to know, if you want to understand UFOs, it's the nexus between consciousness and quantum physics. So there's something there. I don't know yeah. what it is. I, I assume there's paranormal activity associated associated with quantum mechanics. I don't know. Um, real quick, something else that blew my mind when I learned about it earlier this year is uh, Kevin Day had his experience on mm. the Nimitz and had to get it out. Like he wrote a yeah. book, um, a, basically a fiction based on fact oh, book. Wow. And it's uh, in the uh, library of Congress or something. He wrote the event occurred in 2004. He wrote his book and submitted it in 2009. And in 2009, he was saying in that book, there was a connection to quantum mechanics associated with what he saw with the Tic Tac. Right. I want Kevin Day Kevin Day, if you're listening to this, I would love for you to explain how you got yeah. to quantum mechanics so quickly and so far ahead of all of the rest of the UFO community. Like, how did that happen? How did you link those two things together? That's the question Maybe. I have for Kevin Day. Yeah, I think we would all love to hear that. Maybe he had like some sort of experience. Um, well, that's why people ask me, what is the whole quantum witch thing about? Um, I just came to the conclusion um, you have to take physics for your biology degree. Um, bachelor of science so um and i've always read things like that just because it's interesting to me um but that's when people are always asking oh what kind of witch are you what kind of, are you a green witch are you this witch are you a star witch or you know there's all these witches you could be and i was like i don't know i like i really like i, I love um magic but at the same time i feel like magic is just quantum mechanics and all these unexplainable things that have happened to me during like meditations or rituals is is going to be a link between like consciousness and entanglement and physics that we don't quite understand yet. So um, it's interesting you mentioned that because I've experienced that. And that's what I think is um, the big connector. And a lot of people do. And even at the bottom of slide nine, um, you know, the whole like slide nine thing. Yes. Um, at the bottom, it says that too. It says what was once considered phenomena is now quantum uh, is now just explained by quantum physics. So I, come on, Kevin, you got to tell us. <laughs> so I've got a pet theory that I've been working on and uh, it's basically like the galaxy, there's galaxy sized objects, there's earth sized objects, there's human sized objects. We just drill down and down until we get to the quantum level. Um, at some point, is there a change of state? 
Like if you have ice and it hits 32 degrees, there's a change of state that goes from ice from solid to liquid. Is there something similar to that between our physical world and our conscious world? If we hit the quantum level, is there a tipping point where it then converts over to conscious, our conscious world? Yeah. And is there a change of state at that particular tipping point? And, and some beings can cross over it or manipulate it to be able to, to get on that side of the tipping point or come back on the physical side of it. Uh, that that's one of my theories, like what's below quantum level. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting theory. And it does visually, like I'm seeing as you're talking about this, it does make a lot of sense. Um, like the you way basically you're explaining drill it. down to nothing, you drill down yeah, to nothing. Yeah. And so then, then you're everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You can go either way. Uh, you know where to go, but up when you're in the bottom of a valley. So right, maybe right. That's it. Have you read the um, it's Oh my gosh, it's about the gateway process paper. Have you read the gateway process paper? No, I don't think I've even heard okay. of that. Okay, I'm gonna have to send it to you because there is a part in it where it talks about um, like wavelengths and when there's a, a Planck's distance, they reach a certain point where they basically like blip out of uh, the space-time continuum. And since your brain is also, your 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 thoughts are, brain, are waves, um, do we can we do that through entering a certain point of uh, like brainwave activity? And that's like the condensed the condensed version of this. But it's a very cool paper. It was one of the declassified papers, so I I think I have it on my Google um, Drive. So I'll get your email after this, and or you can message it to me, and I can send that to you. Okay, that'll work. But yeah, it's really interesting. It, it took me a couple times to read it because it's very like you you have to reread some parts because it does involve consciousness and quantum mechanics. So, you know, um, it's it's great though. Once you like once it clicks, you're like that is so cool. I never thought of that. Like, <laughs> so you just described my reading technique is uh, read reread the same paragraph over and over again <laughs> before you move on to the next one. That's why I haven't finished uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Oh my gosh! Like I've always I've only read like my entire life I've only read textbooks and uh non-fiction things like yeah. I've, ne I've never read for fun it's never clicked yeah, for me like yeah. i want i want to gain something gain knowledge exactly gains not just have a good time reading like yeah I, I, so when i read like you said i read it and i have to sit there and think about yeah. it and then like what did it say again like it is am i interpreting yes. this correctly so I, that that's why i'm a slow reader unfortunately no, i'm the same way um i study i don't read like like you said like i i think that like i bought one fiction book um, and it was, I just, I wasn't learning from it, so I didn't want to read it anymore, but yeah, I tried to kill I like, myself. What did I get out of doing this? I just spent a lot of time reading. Yeah. About yeah. About some imaginary broad and dude traveling and like doing things that never happened. Like, I just can't do it. Like I've never been able just to, I mean, I think I read like, uh, maybe a Harry Potter book or two, um, back in the day, but, but now like I, I study it, I had to have sticky notes. I had to have a notebook. I'm a freaking asshole when it comes to it. I will like write in the book, which I know is going to kill people when they hear that. I rabbit ear, like they're my books. I want to live. I want people to know I lived in those books because I reread. So I understand and learn. Um, but yeah, that you're not alone in that. And I'm sure there's plenty more people, um, which is um, brings me to the UAP book club, which you are obviously welcome. If you decide to finish a book one day, um, I'll start sending you the books. Um, right now we're reading Operation Trojan Horse. 
by uh, Keel, Mr. Keel, and uh, I cannot have that author on because he's passed. Yeah. So, um, but it's supposed to be a really good book, and I'm a couple chapters in, and it's very, um, it's really good. It's not there's not a lot of fluff to it, which I like uh, in books. But yeah, I think that you should. It might challenge you to finish a book within a month, um, and then you can come talk about it with us because I think you'd be a great addition one day. Um, whenever you're ready to finish a book, of course, to come on the our book club and talk about it. So it's funny you're talking about this right now because my latest addiction is buying old UFO books. So I've oh been, my gosh. I've been on eBay buying those things up left and right because there's such uh, an amazing history. And there's no drones in 1955 oh, yeah, when some right. of these books are written. So there's so much that you can take off the table when you try to read them. Um, I, I'm reading or I've read most of Don Quixote's 1953. Oh. Uh, I can't remember exactly what year it came out. The Flying Saucers are real. Yeah, like his first book about UFOs. Like that's the one that I've been reading. I've been ordering different ones. So I'm going to start breaking my way through them as, as time allows. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll have to drop a suggestion next book club so we can put that in the drawing to read. So um, invisible residents would be my recommendation. That one will blow your mind. Yeah. You'll have to, you, I know you probably have a badass list. You'll just have to, I'm going to, I'm going to message you and say, give me your list. So even if you're not there, because we take suggestions from the live chat and from the people in the panel at the book club. And we put, I literally, put them in this like a new IP secrecy hat and I literally pull it out of a hat. So um, um, give me your list of books and then maybe we'll lure you in if we pick one of your books and you can join us. All right. Sounds like um, a good deal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scheme to get you to read faster, but I get it so, because I'm the same, same as you. <laughs> so that one, one thing that is weird about TikTok video, me making TikTok videos is I've never read so much in my life. Like, like I <laughs> said earlier in this, like if you're consuming information, you read it once and you think you know it. When you're turning around trying to teach someone about that same information, you're going to reread it. You're going to dig deeper. You're going to you're going to make sure you have a more thorough understanding of the entire article that you're yes. covering to do it. So, as a byproduct of making silly TikTok videos about UFOs, I am diligently reading and investigating what's going on and these articles that come through. I used to just look at the headlines and maybe read the first paragraph or two, but now I'm, I'm digesting the entire contents of it. And like I said, going back and rereading certain articles that are relevant to the new information that's come out. Uh, yeah. Like Brian Bender's articles are a valuable resource. You can go back to what he's written in the past. That guy, I don't know how he's doing it, but he yeah. is really staying on top of it making articles that are relevant to the time and they're relevant to what happens in the future somehow. So just keep yeah. an eye on Brian Bender. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that um, we are, I, I'm sure we could talk about other things all night. Cause I also want to ask you about your TTSA stuff, but I might have to have you on for a part two. Um, that way I don't keep you forever because that's probably a whole nother hour of uh, questions and answers and thoughts. So um do you, I put your I put all your social media in the description, but if somebody's just listening, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hey Look Over There, but Look is spelled with a L U K. Uh, I think someone else had L O O K. So Hey Look Over <laughs> There, um, and you can find on my profile my a link to my TikTok account where I'm the fifth pillar of emphasis. And I'm the fifth pillar of emphasis because of Lou Elizondo wanting to <laughs> have the fifth pillar of emphasis be 
engaging with the masses, engaging yes. with the people. And that's what I'm, that's what my goal is on TikTok is to engage with the masses, not just people that are already here. Yeah. So, um, you can find me there. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I'm, I'm posting longer content. Occasionally it's, it's a heavy lift to get, uh, when I make YouTube videos because yeah. of the amount of research that goes into them. So I don't post them as frequently as I should, but I, need to work on that. Um, but yeah, fifth pillar of emphasis over at YouTube as well. Awesome. I'll add that um, after we're done. So they have that one too. Uh, hang out for a minute after we end the live because I want to thank you on the backstage area, which sounds super weird because we're like in a virtual place. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to leave my chair. I'm just going to stay, gonna stay here. Yeah, just sit there. Um, I want to thank everybody that joined tonight in the live chat. We have Alien Lives Matter, Carolina, my hype woman, um, we have Megan, Rhoda, Laura Sosa, who is also amazing. I don't want to miss anybody. I've seen people in and out. Johan K42D. And I think that I got everybody. And if you're listening to this um, on YouTube, thank you so much for your support. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. If you're listening on that UFO podcast and you're a new listener, thank you so much. Your support means the world to me. We have uh, our next UAP book club coming up at the end of January. So please join us for that. I'll put more info on my social media and we will be reading uh, Operation Trojan Horse by Mr. Kiel. So um, yeah, I'll post some pictures of that and everybody have a great night. Thank you guys. Thank you.